Welcome to episode 52 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Giving is empowered by grace. This is Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at nrpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi. We're going to be doing something pretty, I think, fun and a little unique for a podcast over the next couple weeks. I'm going to systematically go through 2 Corinthians 8 and 2 Corinthians 9. These are the two largest texts in the Bible that deal with money. And I always like to say everybody that has a testimony has had their money tested. And I don't believe it's the volume of money in our life that makes us happy or effective, but I think our biblical understanding on the use of money and how God wants us to see it. So, These two chapters literally are chock full of principles that I think we do drive-bys on. We really don't grab and understand and teach. Matter of fact, I hear things said in church all the time that sound okay, but they are actually contrary to the Word of God. So I'm going to do the first seven verses in this podcast from 2 Corinthians 8, and we're just going to give titles to these principles. And so the first principle is, principle number one, giving is a grace. It says, now brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great deal of affliction, their abundance of joy, their deep poverty overflowed, and the wealth of their liberality For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. And this not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus that by the will of God, as he had previously made a beginning, he would also complete in you the gracious work as well. But just as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and all earnestness and in one love, we inspired in you, see that you abound in this gracious work also. Now, first and foremost, this is not talking about the tithe. The tithe is not something that we give. The tithe belongs to God. So we begin to give after our tithe. Okay, this is talking about special offerings for churches that are in need. He says in verse one, through the grace given to the churches or at Macedonia, the word grace and graciousness appears a number of times in this text. It teaches us that giving is empowered by grace. So people who claim to be walking in grace are abundant givers. Grace is the power and the ability to give. People who are believers who don't give is because they can't give. It has nothing to do with their checkbook balance or how much money they make. They are in bondage and they can't give because they're not flowing in grace. Now in verse 2 is one of the many kingdom equations we'll find in this this text, but it's probably one of the the greatest kingdom equations found in the New Testament. And basically, 
It says, because of their great affliction, it resulted in an abundance of joy that was their poverty that equaled liberality. I want you to think about this. You talk about the kingdom of God being a paradox. He said they were afflicted. They were being persecuted. They had things going wrong in their life, just like you and I do. But in spite of that, there was an abundance of joy. Remember, joy and happiness are two different things. And they were in poverty. But despite that, it overflowed into liberality. See, that's grace. This is an important understanding there. This is why in the principle of giving is a grace that we never treat people with judgments by not giving them the opportunity to give. I want to share that with you again. Never treat people with disrespect. Never judge them by denying them an opportunity to give. Sometimes we think we're being kind to people or gracious to people. Uh, we, we make a judgment on them, looking at maybe their outward condition, uh, thinking that somehow that has something to do with their heart. Uh, sometimes you can look at somebody's living condition and you know that, you know, in the natural, maybe they don't have a lot of resources. But that still does not measure how much they are willing to give or how much they want to give. The last church I pastored, the last year I was there, uh, and we had a very generous church. Uh, things were well taken care of. Our, we paid off our property in a few years. Uh, we had money in the bank. We had a flourishing mission account. Our staff was well taken care of. But I did a little analysis before our last financial meeting. 25% of our tithes were given by people that were single mothers, that were widows, that were single income families. In other words, they would be people that would be considered in, a, in poverty by today's standards. Yet 25% of our giving came from those people. And you know what? They were excited to do it. And they were prospering because they were givers. Again, if we understand that giving is a grace, we will not deny people the opportunity to give. We will not pass judgment on them saying that they're cheap or that because they have little that they will not give something. Now, verse 3 tells us something really powerful. It says, I testify. I'm giving you a firsthand report that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave with one accord. Notice in verse 1, it says the grace was given to the church at Macedonia. So it wasn't just individuals, but there was a, there was a corporate grace. There was a corporate anointing. I believe that generosity is contagious. I believe that giving can become a culture. Then in verse 3, it says they gave beyond their accord or their ability. How do you give beyond your ability? How do you forgive beyond your ability? How do you sacrifice in any realm beyond your ability? By the grace of God. See, the grace of God is not divine slack. Grace of God is divine empowerment. When people use God's grace as an excuse for not living right or honoring God's word or doing his commandments, they are completely doing violence to the doctrine of grace. 
So we do not want to do that. We want to live beyond our natural circumstances. We want to teach people to live beyond their natural circumstances. One of the ways we teach them to do that is by giving beyond their natural circumstances. Look at verse 4 in this chapter. This is another exciting verse. It says, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. So these people who were oppressed, these people who were in poverty, these people that were being persecuted were begging, please, please let us give money to this. In the Old Testament, it says when Moses took an offering for the building, that he had to tell people to stop because he was getting too much gold and silver. Wouldn't you like to have that problem? Wouldn't you like to have that culture? I'm going to tell you something. The church should be an example to the world of God's economy. That God is a creator that does not have to take it off of one person to give it to another. These socialists, that's what they believe. They believe if one person has it, then it was taken off of another person. But God is a creator, and he's able to sustain the planet. He's able to put all the resources in it that we need, and he trusts them to us. So grace sees giving as an opportunity, not as an obligation. Grace sees giving as an opportunity. People that are walking in grace see that as an opportunity. Again, as a spiritual leader, we need to give people the opportunity to give. There are certain people out there, I hear them talk about money or not talk about money. They act like they're doing something wrong if they're receiving an offering. They apologize for it. Why apologize for something God commanded us to do something that buffets our soul, disciples our mind, opens up our heart, produces discipline and joy in our life. Yet we act like the teaching in the scripture is unholy. Only the love of money is unholy. The use of money uh, is very holy. Jesus said that we should make friends of unrighteous mammon and use it for eternal purposes. Grace sees giving as an opportunity. And by the way, if you're flowing in vision, if you're a ministry leader, if you're in pastoral ministry, if you're leading a mission department, if you are leading an outreach program, if you're doing Celebrate Recovery, if you're raising money for a project, if you're taking a mission trip, if you are flowing in vision, not just need. Now, there's a difference. You can get up and say, hey, we got these certain needs and we need money. And you know what? That's legitimate. But there's a higher plane. The higher plane is when you're flowing in vision, you are going to present that in a graceful way. There's going to be a grace that's in you, and that grace, I believe, after a period of time, will become corporate. Let me give you an illustration. When I was pastoring the last church, Living Hope Church, we were uh, speeding up the payoff of our mortgage. We had, I won't tell you everything we did to do that, but we were receiving special offerings to do it, and we were knocking it out, knocking it down. And one day I was just thanking the Lord for how good it was going, and the, the Lord just asked me, do you know why I'm doing this? Well, you know, when God asks you a question, it's not because he's looking for an answer. And I said, okay, Lord, why are you doing this? He says, so you can impart this same vision to them for their own life. In other words, he wanted to use the corporate church, our local church, as an example 
of how a bunch of people committed together could do something and how they could do that in their same life to get out of debt. And so I began to really preach that and emphasize it. You know what? There was a grace to do it, and a lot of people bought in. And as they gave to the Lord and committed to get out of debt so they could be free, not to be free to take vacations and buy a bigger boat, but be free so that there would be seed for the sower, so they would have more to sow. So you will impact the corporate atmosphere with grace by giving. Giving is a grace. We should be excited about it. If you're not excited about giving, if you're not excited about talking about giving, if you're hesitant to talk to people you know that need to up their relationship and discipleship and following in Jesus, at least by beginning to be a tither, which which isn't even giving yet, it's because you're lacking grace. You're lacking this understanding. I encourage you just to read these eight verses and meditate on it this week. I'm going to come back at you next, next week with principle number two, and that is that giving is a spiritual standard. Hey, I know you're going to enjoy this. If you're not enjoying it, you need to listen to it because then you will enjoy it. If it's a subject you're not excited about listening to, then you need to listen to it because you should be excited. And if you are excited, that's good. Then you can share it with somebody else, which I really invite you to do. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Thank God for the grace of being a giver in Jesus' name. Today, Keith began a discussion on giving. How do you give beyond your ability? By the grace of God. How do you live beyond your natural circumstances? By the grace of God. The church should be an example to the world of God's economy. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.